Hi everyone, it's Carter. A quick disclaimer before the episode. Riley and I are teachers in the real world. That's not made up for the show. But one thing we do make up are students. Riley and I take our roles as public community members seriously and would never use the real names or personal experiences of students in our classes, past or present. As such, any student names you hear us say are made up on the spot, and stories about our classes are highly editorialized for entertainment. Also, we like to keep our show clean of inappropriate language or content, but we feel that the stories themselves should be read without censorship of language. A content warning will be in the show's description in case we need one. That's it. Enjoy the Fable Fellas. Traveler, welcome to Fable Fellas Ranch. I'm one of the dudes, Carter. And I'm the other dude, and my name is Riley. Pull yourself up around the campfire now, here at Crackle. Dust off your harmonica. We got a... We got a fair catch of stories to tell you. But first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh-huh. Oh. That's the lonesome slide whistle and the hawk flying overhead. Oh, that's interesting. That does seem like you had a long day. Why don't you just kick back, relax, put that hat over your eyes, and fade off to the dulcet tones of two fine stories by two fine gentlemen. What's that? What's that, partner? You said you need yourself a bedtime story to get some soft Z's? Well, partner, you pulled up to the right fireplace outside the right cantina. They don't let us have fires back here, so we gotta read pretty quickly, or else the cantina owner will come scare us away with a big bucket of water and a lot of shouting. And while he's busy, we can sneak in a tail or two. What's that, partner? You said this bit's been going on for too long. <laughs> well, golly. Speaking of Z's. <laughs> <laughs> Where was that when we needed it? Like 30 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> it was in my head. I just wanted to wait. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Alright, when we last left off, we were... One bad guy down, as Skinner's skulls disappeared into the roaring blades of a helicopter and disappeared he fell off from Nakatoma sight. Tower. Yeah, he fell off Nakatomi Plaza. The Panda Man does apparently have control over zombies. Let's see how this wraps. Or let's see how it wraps in the next one. In the next four pages, we're almost done. Oh my gosh, here we go. All was silent. Kyle, DJ, and Ron stared in shock as the helicopter pulled back away and rose up, astonished by the grisly event that had just occurred. Riley, however, was shaking with anger. You're a monster. Skulls was a terrible man, but he was at least somewhat human. You're a heartless monster, no better than the undead hordes. The panda man reached up and pulled open the chopper door. Flattery will get you nowhere, Z-Hunter. Riley finally snapped. He absolutely hated the way the man spoke to him, so casually, like they were friends. 
At that point, Riley wanted to make sure he never spoke again. With a battle cry, he rushed at the man and swung his sword at him. There was a sharp clang as the sword connected. At the very last minute, the man had turned around and parried the shot with his hand, which was tipped with metallic, razor-sharp claws. Riley looked at the hands... Like the Prowler. Just like the Prowler. And then glared angrily into the masked face. The glare of anger immediately turned into a look of fear and disbelief. The masked face was now contorted into a malicious grin, revealing jagged, sneering teeth. Beady, blood-red eyes stared back into Riley's, as if he was staring down into the face of evil itself. Is that the best you've got, Z-Fighter? The man sneered viciously. Wait. Let me check this. Man, I really... (laughs) It's funny that you originally joked and called it the Zed Hunter, because I switch around fighter and hunter often throughout writing this. (laughs) I I knew it was one of the two, but apparently it's both. It's fighter. If we're going by the title. Ah. As he growled, the lips moved along with it. This was no mask. Riley Uh, wheeled backward in shock and stood there, a foot away, breathing heavily. What in the world are you? Riley spoke in a voice barely above a whisper. The man snickered. All in due time, he said as he stepped backward through the helicopter door. It would relieve me of so much work further down the road if I killed you now, but where would the fun be in that? The mask then rippled like a reflection in a pond. Then, it was just a regular mask again. So let's make this a challenge. Let's see whose world deserves to live, and whose world deserves to die screaming in the flames. The man made another mocking chuckle as he slammed the door shut. Riley stood there in shock as the helicopter flew off into the night. He stood there for several minutes, staring off into the distance. The honk of a semi-truck sounded in the near distance. (laughs) <laughs> Great Foley work, Carter. Oh, wait, the distance. <laughs> Suddenly, the reverberating groans of the undead at the door shook the boys out of their trance. The Legion of the Dead were right outside their door. They were clearly no longer being held back by whatever powers the panda-masked man was working, and they had nowhere to run to. And that's where we will leave off. Oh, the Z is for zombies. I don't enjoy talking to you sometimes. <laughs> I get it. At this point, we've got two pages left. Nice. All right. Speaking of two pages left. God, the transitions are on point. God, so smooth. That we one didn't have... even need to take 30 seconds. We have five pages left of Cinderella. <laughs> Great! <laughs> Speaking of two. Alright. Remember, Cinderella had just gotten her entourage from the Lady Godmother, who was a fairy. What's your favorite Lady Godmother song? Mine's Poker my favorite, Face. My favorite Lady Godmother song. Oh, man. God, Godmother. Um, poker Face. Godmother. Poker. Ooh la la. Um, let's see. All right, you got five seconds uh, before we have to abandon this joke because you got nothing. A, uh, there's gotta be some. Pun, there's a pun there somewhere. I don't know enough of her. Maybe, songs. but it's gone now. Let's start the story. Wait. Um, b- 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 
Ima- imagine we're on stage right now. The cameras are faced right at you. The lights are bearing gonna... down hard. The studio audience is stone cold silent. You see the bright <laughs> light of someone checking show. their phone out in the audience. All right, and we'll be right back with the Carter Allen Show right after these messages. The messages. The Cinderella face. The mes- the Cinderella face. Okay, it's time to get started. I think. Matt, you got get one up. Do a do a fairy godmother pun related to a Lady Gaga song. No, my my joke was Lady Godmother. You just said a Lady Gaga song. That's not doesn't count. I did. I was perfectly fine. I did it. What in these clothes? <laughs> Lady, the godmother had just said, "Time to go to the ball," and Cinderella says, "What in these clothes?" Oh, ah, getting the in media res said Cinderella piteously, looking down on her ragged frock. Her godmother laughed (laughs) and touched her also with the wand, at which her wretched threadbare jacket became stiff with gold and sparkling with jewels. Her woolen petticoat lengthened into a gown of sweeping satin from underneath which peeped out her little feet, no longer bare, but covered with silk stockings and the prettiest glass slippers in the world. Now, Cinderella, depart, but remember, if you stay one instant after midnight, your carriage will become a pumpkin, your coachman a rat, your horses mice, and your footmen lizards, while you yourself will be the little cinder wench you were an hour ago. Well, hey, Lady Godmother, that, I do have a name. That's pretty rude. Why are you calling me Cinderella? Yeah, what? you're my fairy godmother. You can't talk to me like that. Also, what's the deal with this midnight business? Why? Yeah, why is that so arbitrary? Also, these shoes are wicked uncomfy. There's the post-Labor Day ball. The ball's gonna go on longer. What if I'm dancing with some hot prince? <laughs> what, what if some hot prince is putting the moves on me, and then the clock strikes midnight, and I burst yeah. into flames? And I turn into back into, in your words, a cinder wench? I'm just a girl. <laughs> and life is a nightmare. Like I'm a human being. Cinderella promised without fear, her heart was so full of joy. Arriving at the palace, the king's son, whom someone, probably the fairy, had told to await the coming of an uninvited princess, whom nobody knew, was standing at the entrance, ready to receive her. Wow, this fairy's been working on this project for a while, huh? Yeah. This is, this is no, um, this is no amateur fairy godmother. Yeah, we ha- we have she to scrap our original plan. This fairy godmother has been working on this in private for a couple weeks. She she's like just been talking to the prince. She's like, okay, gotta go. Poof, teleports to Cinderella. All right, give me a pumpkin. We <laughs> need a pumpkin, six mice, a big rat. <laughs> she's walking around with a little headset on. She's got a script. The whole crew oh my is gosh. just flustered, running all around her. Man. A fairy godmother with, like, a headset getting ready for something? That just feels like... that. That's, like... Didn't we see that in, like, Shrek 3 or something? It feels like it should have been in Shrek 3, That feels 3, like but, a Shrek joke. But she was also dead by the time Shrek 3 rolled around, and I don't think she ever did it in Shrek 2. Dang. Bizarre. Remember right. how bad Shrek... The <laughs> Shrek ever oh, after yeah. was? Shrek 4 was, like, a hollow shell of what it could... Like... They never had cashed in so hard than Shrek 4. I think the hardest part was, like, it was, with Rumpelstiltskin being the bad guy, 
they had to make like the initial conflict just be Shrek having a midlife crisis, and that's not something a kid is gonna want to watch. And spoiler alert, it wasn't something adults wanted to watch either. It also didn't have any jokes in it. They didn't even like bother. No punch up. It's true. So the prince, ladies and gentlemen, prince, is waiting at the entrance. <laughs> He was on our show a couple weeks ago. He offered her his hand and led her with the utmost courtesy through the assembled guests who stood aside to let her pass, whispering to one another, Oh, how beautiful is she? It might have turned the head of anyone but poor Cinderella, who was so used to being despised that she took it all as if it were something happening in a dream. Wow, she doesn't look like she's ever touched a fireplace. <laughs> How wrong you all are. <laughs> if they I only am knew. but a wretched cinder wench. According to my fairy mom. According to my fairy mom. My fairy mom. Judgmental. Now fairy remember, mom. Cinderella, you must finish partying by midnight or you'll turn into the big seeping pile of garbage you were when I found you. <laughs> You're nothing without me. Home by midnight or you'll become an ugly old goat. <laughs> a real goat. A real goat. But mom, I'm a, I'm not a, I'm not a goat now. It's just how the magic works. <laughs> just become a, yeah. You just get worse. You just become more. <laughs> You're gonna become a, if you don't get home by midnight, you will turn into a disgusting old goat forever. And that's not just what the magic's gonna happen. I will find you if you are not yeah. in bed by one o'clock, and I will turn you into a goat. Do not and question yeah, me. That's not part of this current spell. That's a spell I will do later. That's called the mess around and find out spell. Yeah, this is that's what and that's what happens when you don't scoop the pumpkin out. Turns <laughs> you specifically into an old old goat. But fairy godmother, you did scoop the pumpkin out. Yeah, I did. I you yeah. didn't. You made me do all the work. Yeah, once, once, Cinderella, Cinder wench. <laughs> this is how I see you. I see you as an old. Goat. So grim. <laughs> <laughs> her triumph was complete even the old king said to the queen that never her majesty in never since her majesty's young days had he seen so charming and elegant a person what's that supposed to mean <laughs> she's like you when you were hot <laughs> all the court ladies <laughs> Court ladies scanned her eagerly, clothes and all, determining to determining to have theirs made next day of exactly the same pattern. The king's son himself led her out to dance, and she danced so gracefully that he admired her more and more. Indeed, at supper, which was fortunately early, his admiration quite took that away was his appetite. It was fortunate. For Cinderella herself, with an involuntary shyness, she sought out her sisters placed herself beside them and offered them all sorts of civil attentions, which coming as they supposed from a stranger and so magnificent a lady almost overwhelmed them with delight. Wow, someone's treating us like we matter. This is crazy. This is wild. Yeah, we're, we, our, our category of invitation was the rest. <laughs> the dredges. The dredges, well, yeah. While she was talking with them, she heard the clock strike a quarter to twelve. Like all clocks do. Yeah. That... And making... <laughs> Back you know, when oh, clocks you know. had little else to do. Making a courteous adieu to the royal family, she re-entered her carriage, escorted tenderly by the king's son, and arrived in safety at her own door. 
Then she found her godmother, who smiled approval, and of whom she begged permission to go to a second ball, the following night, to which the queen had earnestly invited her. While she was talking, the two sisters were heard knocking at the gate, and the fairy godmother vanished, smoke bomb, <laughs> leaving Cinderella sitting in the chimney <laughs> corner, rubbing her eyes and pretending to be very sleepy. That's not the first time we've made a joke about a fairy godmother using a smoke bomb on this podcast. <laughs> nope. It's back with the witch in one eye, two eye, three eyes. <laughs> I like this running narrative. Ah! cried the eldest sister, maliciously. It has been the most delightful ball, and there was present the most beautiful princess I ever saw, who was so exceedingly polite to us both. And who I'm, I'm sure has all the same facial features as your stepsister, <laughs> right? Right. Who was she? Said Cinderella indifferently. Oh, sorry. <laughs> was she? Said Cinderella indifferently. And who might she be? Nobody knew, though everybody would give their eyes to know, especially the king's son. Indeed, replied Cinderella, a little more interested. I should like to see her. Well, you can't! <laughs> Miss Javote, that was the elder sister's name. Why do these stories just introduce the name of characters at the most random times? I don't know. It it makes no sense, nor does it, I'm sure, serve a purpose. It was like, it's, it's as though, just, just... It's, they have to wait until the, the characters in the story say the people's names, and then they can say, that was her sister's name. They can't just be like, once upon a time, there were two sisters. One was called Javote. And also, or, it's for, like, a single thing. Like, for example, in this one, it's, it's just, I guess the writer thought it would be awkward to say, Sister, bring the car around! <laughs> and then, in our first episode, they refer to her as the wife the entire time. And then, the, the single occasion where someone would not say, Hello, wife of that man. They call her Nally at that moment. It's like... <laughs> If you're only going to bring it up so it doesn't sound awkward, then clearly you need to do some rewriting somewhere, ideally in the location where it comes down to writing decent female characters. This is how they become archetypes, you know? They're just nameless... I mean, I bet you in most Cinderella stories that the stepsisters never even get names in the first place. Yeah, though I do also, know that how... in some uh, Cinderella stories, one of the stepsisters has a change of heart. And maybe we'll, we will see. Yeah, maybe. Uh, J-A-V-O-T-T-E. How would you say that? J-A-V-O-T-T-E. Yeah. E. Javon? Ja Javon? Could be French. Let him answer to Javon. Miss Javon, that was the elder sister's name, will you not let me go tomorrow and lend me your yellow gown that you wear on Sundays? What?! Lend my yellow gown to a cinder wench? I am not so mad as that! At which refusal Cinderella did not complain, for if her sister really had lent her the gown, she would have been considerably embarrassed. <laughs> Brutal! Damn. There is so Damn. much catty behavior happening in this story. <laughs> the next night came, and the two young ladies, richly dressed in different toilets, went to the ball. <laughs> I know it's old fashioned. Yeah, I, I know oh, it's God. old fashioned, but it I know. but it aged into something Pretty beautiful. Funny. <laughs> Cinderella, <laughs> more funny. splendidly attired and beautiful than ever, followed them shortly after. Now remember, twelve o'clock. Remember the goat. Remember the old goat. <laughs> remember the you that you will be. Remember, yeah. If you disobey. Picture it. Picture it. Picture it. 
and she thought she certainly should, but the prince's attentions to her were greater even than the first evening, and in the delight of listening to his pleasant conversation, time slipped by unperceived. While she was sitting beside him in a lovely alcove... Look, I'm sorry, but the... no one's that interesting. <laughs> Not if you know... If, if I know what's going to happen at midnight and I'm thinking about the old, old goat, I am checking my watch constantly to the point where the <laughs> prince is probably like, am I boring you? Yeah, am I boring you? He would think he was a bad date the amount of times I'd be looking at the clock and I'd have to do a lot of reassuring and be like, no, no, no. I'm just gotta, I gotta go at midnight. That's why I would do that little thing where I would stretch from time to time, but I was stretching away oh, that yeah. my uh, watch hand is facing me as my hands are in the air. Nice, and you're looking up at your outstretched hands, and yeah. they're like, ooh, like, that's oh, interesting. Sorry, I gotta stretch my, uh, my sick traps and my killer delts have been working out. Uh, the back of my neck, too, at the exact same time is just killing me. <laughs> this happens every day around 12.55. 12.55? How did you know what time it was? No reason. <laughs> While she was sitting beside him in a lovely alcove and looking at the moon from under a bower of orange blossoms, she heard a clock strike the first stroke of 12. She started up. And fled away as lightly as a deer. While screaming, Amazed. shoot, 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 shoot. No, 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 no. Amazed, the prince followed, but could not catch her. Indeed, he missed his lovely princess altogether. And only saw running out of the palace doors a little dirty lass whom he had never <laughs> beheld before. <laughs> of whom he certainly would have never had taken the least notice. Oh. Cinderella. Cinderella trotted home breathlessly and weary, ragged and cold, without carriage or footman or coachman, the only remnant of her past magnificence being one of her little glass slippers. And the, the goat horns that were dropped. sprouting from her forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and the hors d'oeuvres of the party, regurgitating as chud in her mouth for her to chew again. Ew, gross! And she's a goat now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> she dropped uh, one of the slippers. When the two sisters returned, they were full of this strange adventure. How the beautiful lady had appeared at the ball more beautiful than ever and enchanted everyone who looked at her. And how it's, as the clock was striking twelve, she had suddenly risen up and fled through the ballroom, disappearing no one knew how or where. And pushing and dropping, people over as she ran. And screaming, not the goat. No, no, no. <laughs> That's what I want to see, a version of a Disney story (laughs) when all the characters have no chill. Because every time they're doing something in distress, they always do that, like, look up into the upper left-hand corner of the screen and go, (gasps) and then they start running, and it's just the dramatic music. At just one point, I want to see the dramatic music be drowned out by them saying, no, 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 shoot, no, no, and they're just failing to have any sort of composure. Mm-hmm. Then, like, knocking into a waiter. She has got a bunch of champagne flutes, and then they all <laughs> shatter on the ground. She falls into them. She's covered in champagne, and she's now cut up from all the glass. She's running down the staircase, and <laughs> one of her feet is already a hoof. <laughs> Just the no-chill breakdown <laughs> moment. She begins to bleat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, they're like, oh, there was this crazy beautiful girl at a ball, but then she, she ran away. Oh, jeez. How the king's son had remained incons- inconsolable until he chanced to pick up the little glass slick, slip, 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 slipper. The little glass the little slicker. Glass, little glass slipper, which he carried away in his pocket. The end. I tell you, I'd do, I, I would do a little slipper if it was a little slicker. <laughs> 
<laughs> you stupid. That's what I meant. I'm cutting that out. No, don't you dare. <laughs> I have to. If you cut that out, I'm going to bring it up in every episode we ever do from here until doomsday. I was trying to make some joke about how the floor. No, I no, I get it. You would you would slip if it would if the floor was slick. Then you'd slip on it. I get it. I laughed at it. Take the win. After bombing with the studio audience at the beginning of the episode, take the win. Uh, he carried the slipper away in his pocket and was seen to take it out continually and look at it affectionately with the air of a man very much in love. Weirdo. In fact, from his behavior during the remainder of the evening, all the court and royal family were convinced that he had become desperately enamored of the wearer of the little glass slipper. Imagine going to a party and seeing the host just holding someone else's shoe and just absolutely mooning over it. I'd leave... Hey Prince, uh, what's she got there? Where you, where you, uh, where you holding it? Her, her shoe. Whose sh- shoe? The shoe of my beloved. Your beloved. My beloved. Her that shoe. girl you met like twice, two <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, what of it? No, nothing. It's just. Are you sh- what? Say what you want to pre- say. She's pretty fast, my man. You know. Guards, execute this man. No, please. I need to focus on my shoe. <laughs> Cinderella listened in silence, turning her face to the kitchen fire, and perhaps it was that which made her look so rosy. Perhaps it was that which made her look so rosy, but nobody ever noticed or admired her at home, so it did not signify. And next morning, she went to her weary work again, just as before. So basically, she looks at the fire, and then the author is like, and the, the, the kitchen fire lit up her face to make her look very beautiful, but nobody ever looked at her at home, so nobody noticed. I mean, I get that. I think basically... I, th- I think that's a little bit creative because it's basically trying to say, you know, she had a great time. She's looking all rosy thinking of her true love. But mm-hmm. anyone looking at it would just assume it's of the fireplace. That is, if anyone were looking at her at all. Ah, uh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, it's creative. I like Listen, it. That's good prose. A few days after, the whole city was attracted by the sight of a herald going around with a little glass slipper in his hand, publishing with a flourish of trumpets that the king's son... Hey, Harold, what ordered- you got there? Alright, it's a slipper. Neat. Hey. Bye. Yeah, hey. This way, we're gonna put this slipper on every foot of every lady in the kingdom. Every lady in the kingdom? Every, every one of them. That's a lot of feet. The king's, the the, king's son wishes to marry the lady whom it fitted best. Wow, the king's son sounds like a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> anyway, bye. <laughs> See, I'm gonna get executed for saying that. <laughs> Not like that guy at the ball last night. Yeah, I don't want to end up like him. All he did was acknowledge the slipper. He asked about it. He said something about it being a little fast. Yeah. And he was killed. Yeah. Brutally. So right in front of all of us. What do you think they're going to do to me? I just called the prince a weirdo in the town square. Oh, no! Here they come! And that... This is fun. And that he wished... So he wished to marry the lady of whom it fitted best, or... 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 To whom it and the fellow slipper belonged. So... So those two don't need to be the same thing. The, the fact they can be mutually exclusive depending on how this search goes. If you have the other slipper, they don't have to fit you that well. I'll just marry you. That's fair. Princesses, duchesses, countesses, and simple gentlewomen all tried it on. What about cinder being, girls? And, nope, not yet. Mm. 
How about that? But being a fairy slipper, it fitted nobody. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Besides, nobody could produce its fellow slipper, which lay all the time safely in the pocket of Cinderella's old Lindsay gown. At last, the herald came to the house of the two sisters. And Cinderella, come on. Come on. And- <laughs> she was here first. Where'd the dad go? Oh, you know what? Maybe in future versions, they had to write that the dad passed away suddenly because the original writer of Cinderella just completely and utterly forgot that the dad was even there. And that's why we haven't heard of him since the beginning of the story. The only reason that there ever was a dad mentioned is just because, you know, you need... <laughs> he's like, well, I, I can't explain how she's a she's a stepdaughter without there having been a dad. There has to have there has to be a dad. There has to be a first wife. This is these are the rules for creating a stepsister. <laughs> but Professor Utonium accidentally added an extra ingredient, <laughs> chemical X. At last, the Herald came to the house of the two sisters, Cinderella, and though they made they. They well knew neither of themselves was the beautiful lady. They made every attempt to get their clumsy feet into the glass slipper, but in vain. Do you think this is the version that really messes up their feet while trying to do it? Or do you think this is the more more sanitized version? So they chopped off their toes to try to get it in there. Let me try it on, said Cinderella from the chimney corner. (laughs) (laughs) Those deliberate pauses never cease to get me. What? You? cried the others, bursting into shouts of laughter. But Cinderella only smiled and held out her hand. Her sisters could not prevent her, since the command was that every young maiden in the city should try on the slipper in order that no chance might be left untried, for the prince was nearly breaking his heart, and his father and mother were afraid that, though a prince, he would actually die for love of the beautiful unknown lady. Man, they really do paint him like an obsessed lunatic in this one, huh? Where is she? Where is she? Go put the shoe on every woman. Find my shoe, girl. I need it. <laughs> I need I need <laughs> this... Bring me the foot of a woman. <laughs> and according to the way this was written, he didn't even show up to Cinderella's house. He's just nope. back in the royal throne room, rending his clothing and screaming, Where are you, shoe girl? Come back He's... to me. I shouldn't have given the Herald the slipper. At least I could have still had the slipper. (laughs) He's going into withdrawals. (laughs) So the Herald bade Cinderella sit down on a three-legged stool in the kitchen and himself put the slipper on her pretty little foot, which it fitted exactly. She then drew from her pocket the fellow slipper, which she also put on, and stood up. For with the touch of the magic shoes, all her dress was changed likewise. No longer the poor despised cinder wench, but the beautiful lady whom the king's son loved. Dang, she hit both of the qualifiers in one go. She knew. Bam! Her sisters recognized her at once. Filled with astonishment, mingled with no little alarm, they threw themselves at her feet, begging her pardon for all their former unkindness. Good job, She raised... (laughs) She raised and embraced them, told them she forgave them with all her heart, and only hoped that they would love her always. Mm. Then she departed with the herald to the king's palace, and told her whole story to his majesty and the royal family, who were not in the least surprised, for everybody believed in fairies, and everybody longed to have a fairy godmother. True. Okay. Can't argue with yes. any of that. Oh, man, you got a fairy godmother? You got a fairy godmother? Man! Oh, so, yeah, I wish I had a fairy godmother. I tried to get a fairy godmother by mail order, but it was a scam. My brother's cousin had a fairy godmother No way. Once. 
Yeah, get, bought her all, bought her, bought him every Lego. Every Lego. Every Lego set. He had all of them. He had all the Bionicles. Wow, all the Bionicles. He had all, he had all the, the Harry Potter sets and the Pirates D- sets. Did he build the full Hogwarts with it? Yeah, but he was he the fairy godmother built it all for him. Wow, that takes all the fun out of it. Well, then we hit it with baseball bats. Neat. For the young prince. I want to read that next could... week. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you like, my child? All oh, the Legos. <laughs> what would you like, little old boy? <laughs> I want the pirates and the Harry Potter. I want the pirates. Uh, I want the Bionicles. <laughs> <laughs> I want the Bionicles. It's funny you bring that up, Carter. Have I ever told you about my Bionicle collection at home? Uh, about your Bionicles? I, I do have all of them. You do? I do. Oh, you must have had a fairy godmother. <laughs> That's so cool. For the young prince, he found her more lovely and lovable than ever, and insisted upon marrying her immediately. Cinderella never went home again. But she sent for <laughs> I her wonder two why. <laughs> nope, not going there. But she sent for her two sisters to the palace, and with the consent of all parties, Executed married them. them shortly after. To t- <laughs> that's a way better ending. <laughs> no, they got. She married them shortly after to two rich gentlemen of the court. Mm. The end. I feel I get, like this story kind of pulled... Kill with kindness, I guess. Yeah, the story kind of pulled back the reins a little bit on the uh, stepsisters. Like, I was thinking about this when she just outright forgave them without them earning it at all. At least in One Eyes, Two Eyes, Three Eyes, the sisters spent long lives and lived in poverty before seeing their sister again. And then they yeah. all kind of made amends there. And sure, that was greatly truncated, but at least showed that the sisters paid for their unkindness and then they kind of earned forgiveness this cinderella just uh like i know she's supposed to be the kindest in all the land you know didn't even mess up her sister's hair when given the chance but i don't like stories where people just get forgiven without showing that they have earned forgiveness cruel characters should suffer mm-hmm. that's that's just uh Maybe That's not to the extent short. where they lose their toes and their heels and whatnot, but they should at least get their comeuppance come up somehow. Where is the where is that comeuppance? Yeah, they they still got married just because they so knew two Cinderella. rich gentlemen of the court. They didn't deserve no that. No less. They didn't deserve what they got. Cinderella risked turning into a horrid old goat <laughs> to, to attend two post Labor Day balls. <laughs> and then she got to be Mary the King's son, making her she, ostensibly the queen, re- she, uh, the queen, queen in waiting. Yeah, she got to marry the royal weirdo. <laughs> Do you think they never mentioned this, the king's son? But I like to think that the, maybe this prince was like not first in line for the throne. Oh yeah, like there's a couple more in line, and that's why the family keeps entertaining his fits of manicness. Yeah, there, there's like he's like third, and so when he's like, "I want to marry this strange princess who has no history," and I met her yesterday, and no like, royal bloodline. Yeah, right, no bloodline to trace. Like, it's like, what cool. do I care? I'll be dead by the time this becomes a problem for the kingdom. Mom and Dad, she's got a fairy godmother. Whoa, and two feet. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. And all ten that's fingers crazy. and all ten toes. She's really likable and lovable. That's fine. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine, fine, kid. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You're, 
Your brother's going to become king, so I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what you do. Her pumpkin turns into a carriage. Great. 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 Cool. Great. Cool. Great. Cool. Great. cool. Go on lots of adventures. Go on, go on some faraway adventures. Go on some faraway adventures. Maybe you could go, like, I don't know, be an ambassador to the other countries in your pumpkin carriage. I <laughs> Whatever. I don't care. Don't bother me. I like the idea try of them. Every time they try to say the words pumpkin carriage, they have to stifle a laugh. Because <laughs> your pumpkin carriage. Yeah, because your pumpkin carriage. Your pumpkin carriage. That's hilarious. God, Archie, our third son is so funny. Ironically. <laughs> Mom, Dad, her mice turn into footmen. <laughs> That's nice, honey. Honey, we have footmen. Yeah, real we human footmen we, who yeah, aren't burdened with the transmogrification into humans. They're not dealing with existential crises on a level every day. <laughs> that must that must suck. Do they have the disposition of? Does the coachman have the disposition of a rat? These, <laughs> even with the fine whiskers, we don't know. Do you think when the first? Between the first and the second ball, do you think that the what do you, all the finery turned back to normal and then was once again transformed? The same mice. What was going on with those mice in the twelve hours between balls? You know, it's funny you the, mention that because uh, I'm not sure if you watch uh, Dimension Twenty, the D and D series on Dropout TV. Uh, I have, but I am late. I'm uh, I'm I'm. Sh- what am I trying to say? I'm not caught up. That's fine. This is going to be very minor. It just happens within the first episode of the most recent season. But in Never After, which is all fairy tale themed, there is a scene where they meet the mice that turned into Cinderella's footmen and carriage and everything. And they're mm. super upset because they used to just be mice and have a simple world. But after being humans, <laughs> even for a short amount of time, they're fully sentient and it is hell for them. <laughs> I mean, it must be difficult. Yeah. It must be difficult. Like, you're the coachman. You're like, oh, wow, I was expecting... I was a big rat. I was expecting to live maybe another year and a half. Now I'm a coachman who's going to live for several more decades, presumably. And now I see things from a human perspective, whereas before it was just find cheese, acquire cheese, eat cheese, nap. Must be nice. He's always like... <laughs> he's talking to the He's talking to the footman outside the outside <laughs> he's talking the to the people who were footmen first yeah <laughs> he's like, do you, you guys think they got a this guys think they got a lot of cheese in there why are you always talking about cheese why are you always talking about cheese there's other food know, you know, do you take that back I, yesterday i was just a big big rat i was a big rat in a jug i was a big rat in a jug is, now is that look a, at me now is that a metaphor fine whisker no <laughs> no What's a metaphor? <laughs> what do you mean I have to pay rent now? It's, it's a metaphor kind of cheese. Fairy Godmother sent me back. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'd say this one is just another fairy tale. Not a lot of real strong themes other than... I don't want to say the theme is to be like the better person and to be kind no matter the cruelty you face. Because if that's the case, then just... Her fully forgiving her stepsisters when they did nothing to earn it at the end, that still doesn't sit right with me. Well, you're right, because a theme, when we talk about like a theme statement in middle school, you say, okay, so there's, there's an attitude or a behavior or an action which then has a positive or negative consequence to tell you whether or not that theme was good or bad or what is the life lesson. Yeah. Cinderella, as kind as she is does not get what she gets in the story through her own kindness. Yeah, it's through her having a fairy godmother, which, it's as we established just, through our Lego gag, theme. just randomly happens to people. 
<laughs> the theme is have a fairy godmother. Yeah. Because when you have a fairy godmother, good stuff happens to you. If the fairy godmother was like, the fairy, the fairy godmother didn't even know that she was that great of a person in the first place. Remember when she showed up, she was like, I need to know if you're good. Yeah. Get a pumpkin. She hadn't been watching Cinderella this whole time. She's just popping over from like, you know, yep. disenfranchised youth to disenfranchised youth being like, you cool? Are you cool? Are you cool? Give me all the Legos. Yeah. Not cool. <laughs> Cinder- you? Cinderella was just the latest case given to her by the fairy state to take care of. They're like, okay, well, how good does she fetch pumpkins? I'm like, I don't know. You go find yeah, it. Your- okay, fine. I'm not going to, they're not paying me to do your job, fairy godmother. Get back in the field. <laughs> it's Intel work. You. <laughs> and we Trendy. definitely don't need to talk about whether or not it should survive the test of time because it did. It did, because I think through, like, the magical idea of this of this perfect happy ever after and the, ma- and, the and the fun transformations of things into other things. Yeah. That pumpkin is a carriage now. Whoa. And, of course, it's well-written enough to be built upon and flesh out the characters, flesh out the story. And it did have a couple of really strong moments of prose throughout, as we stopped and mm-hmm. talked about. So true. All right. Let's see. This episode is going to come out next Sunday. But until then, Carter, what's something you've been reading recently? What is something I've been reading recently? What I have been reading, um, I would like to recommend. I'm sure you keep track of the books we've recommended because I can't remember. Um, People should read Becky Chambers' Psalm for the Wild Bill. And then the follow-up sequel, Prayer for the Crown Shy. These are two very short novels about a uh, person who is a tea monk who goes around and listens to people's troubles and makes them tea and decides that they are done with that life be- through through no other reason other than just kind of like the repetition is sort of exhausting after a time. Uh, drives off into the woods and meets a robot ambassador from the time when humans had created artificial life and then that artificial life said no way dog see ya to the other humans and then they all left causing human society to sort of to to purposefully regress into a not so technically um dependent society then when they meet the robot uh sibling dex the tea monk meets the robot they have all sorts of philosophical talks about the wonderment of life and and go on several different adventures it's a good series. It's very heartwarming. That sounds not, weird, and I am all for it. <laughs> there's almost no conflict. It's essentially a series of like vignettes that that espouse a speculative sci-fi universe full of positivity and love. Cool. We could all use stuff. a little bit more of that. We could. We could. Couldn't we? We really, really could. <clears throat> all right. Cue cricket noises. Chirp, chirp. So how'd you how'd you like our tale, partner? Yeah. Glad you. Oh, oh, they're asleep now. Oh, uh, oh! Look at them. Must have had a long Sleeping day, in. little partner. All right. Well, hey, if you wake up feeling like you need some more stories, you can listen to this on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify Podcasts. Oh, here comes the cantina owner with his bucket of water. Now hold on. It's time to skip. Wait, at no. It. The little partner's asleep. Please don't. Uh oh. Let him just have. Well, let him just have a nap for another half hour or so. Well, it seems I'm covered in lukewarm water now.
these are the prices I pay for my little buddies listening out there all around the world. Speaking of which, I've been Carter. And I'm still Riley. And we're telling you, keep it vitty, partner. Because someone's gotta. <laughs>